Welcome to The Daily Sales Show, hosted by Sell Better. What's up, everyone? Welcome to The Sell Better Daily Show. We're going to get started in just a moment. I'm going to go ahead and share my screen. Super excited for today. We're going to talk about how to write sales copy that converts. And while we're waiting for people to jump in on the show, go ahead and let us know in the chat where you're calling in from. Um, I'm in Detroit, Michigan. Jay, where are you from again? Lots of people. Early in Bosnia. Back home. So I'm actually in Bosnia at the moment. I'm Bosnian born and bred. So if there are any Bosnians listening, hello from the neighborhood. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, we're going to get started in just a moment. Uh, but while we're waiting, again, people who are joining, put us in the chat. Let us know where you're calling in from. Uh, Jay, I want to know, what's your favorite copywriting book of all time? My favorite copywriting book, um, Robert Bly, The Copywriter's Handbook. Only for the reason that it's so super clear for anyone who's just starting out in copywriting to follow. Yeah. I actually use it as, as a reference book in my copywriting class. I teach copywriting at the university. So I use it as a reference book. Probably like 10% of all my materials were from that book. And 90% was quite literally from my own head because I wanted to assemble my own book from my lessons at the end oh, of the yeah. year. So that that's still the goal. And the book is literally going to be called Write Better, Sell Better which is something uh, I say all the time. It's kind of perfect for the show, actually. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Well, we got a good amount of people in here. Uh, if you're still joining, let us know where you're calling in from the chat. We're going to get started in just a moment. Uh, we have a 30-minute show for you guys today, so we're going to keep it short and tactical. Uh, my name is Jed Marley. I'm the head of Op on Sales over at Mailshake. I am super excited to have Jay on today's show. Um, I've been following Jay for a minute on LinkedIn. He's got close to 100,000 followers. He creates really good daily content on copywriting that's super applicable to sales. Um, so Jay, welcome to the show. Super excited to have you here, man. Thanks a lot. I was excited to get the invite here. And as soon as you got put out the you guys put out the press release, I started getting messages like, "Hey, you're going on JB?" I'm like, "Yeah." yeah. They actually put it out. And you guys are you guys are big, so it's good. Um I'm I'm happy to be here, honestly. Yeah, 100%. Appreciate that, man. And if you guys didn't know, we're doing this daily show every single weekday. Um so go ahead and scan that QR code, go to the website if you want to see upcoming shows. Also check out the YouTube channel where there's tons of free really tactical content. One thing I highly recommend che uh, checking out if you go to the website, uh, they just released a free cold calling course with Jason Bay. It goes super in-depth. It's like 18 minutes long. So definitely go to the website, check all that content out. Tons of free stuff. I um, want to say thank you to our partner, Clary, for making these shows possible. Check out Clary using the link in the chat. They're the number one revenue intelligence platform. So thank you, Clary, for making this show possible. Um, real quick, if you guys look at your screen and look on the bottom of the Zoom bar, uh, put your questions in the Q&A. If you put them in the chat, we're probably going to miss them. We're going to try to spend a good amount of time at the end of the show going through all of your questions. So please put them in the Q&A and then upvote the ones that you want to hear most. Uh, quick recap of what we're going to talk about today and then we're going to get started. We're going to go through the role of copywriting and sales, why is it important and how to harness its uh, potential. We're going to talk about proven strategies and tactics you can use to actually elevate your copywriting skills. And then Jay's got a bunch of really good examples that we're going to dive into. So uh, super excited for today's show. Um, Jay, I just want to kick it off to you and kind of ask, why do you think copywriting is so important in sales and really any role in general? So copywriting for me, I, f I feel like I have to backtrack a little bit before I answer this question. Because yeah. a lot of people ask me, like, like I, I often get the question, like, what is copywriting? And a lot of people assume just because the word writing is in it, that it is about writing. To tell you the truth, writing is probably like 5% of copywriting. And I, I spoke about this in my very first lesson at university. When I said this to my students, they were like, huh, that doesn't make any sense. I wrote about this on my LinkedIn and I put down a list of all the things that copywriting actually is and then writing at the very end. And then it started to make sense because when you think about it, 
copywriting is really just a medium to communication. Like how we communicate with people determines how well we sell. If you don't understand human communication, human psychology, the, the emotional triggers of a human being as it relates to their purchasing power, as it relates to their needs and wants and pain points, you're, you don't even need to understand what copywriting is. That's the first step, psychology. So understanding human behavior. Once we understand that, that's when we start to move into the patterns of communication and how we actually talk to people, how we communicate an idea, how we communicate anything about a product. And that's when writing technically at the very end of that spectrum happens. So you got to understand human psychology. You got to understand like the basics of marketing and sales. You got to understand the really good best practices of talking to people essentially. And then basically turn it into words. Like the words, the writing part is dead last, but it's what determines the whole thing, like the success of the whole thing. So writing might be last, but it's definitely not the least. But yeah, for me, copywriting is important for that factor because it genuinely teaches you how to understand human behavior and how to use words to impact their behavior, whether it's to motivate them whether it's to impact, you know, it, you know, influence them to purchase something, to do something. Words have power, essentially, and copywriting is the medium to that power. Yeah, 100%. I, um, it's actually funny. My mom asked me, what is copywriting? Because I was talking about it two weeks ago, and she's like, is it just plagiarism? You're copying other, other people's stuff and yeah. writing new versions of that? But I don't think people understand that, like, how wide of a scope copywriting encompasses. It's not just writing emails, for example. It's everything you do in communication, not just sales. So I love that example. Um, and we're going to throw up a poll here real quick. I want to know who's in the room. Let us know your position. It kind of helps us frame how this conversation is going to go. Are you a frontline seller? Are you a manager? Are you in a senior leadership position? Let us know. And Jay, you gave us these in the pre-call show, how to elevate your copywriting skills. Can you kind of talk us through these one, two, three, four bullet points um, and just kind of how you think about copywriting here? Okay, pleasure. So just just so just for context too, so everyone listening, we got four points here that I really wanted to go through during this presentation. Just because I knew the sell better event was a you know for salespeople and people in sales. So I was thinking, how do I help my salespeople, like the people that I work with in these uh, in these teams and in uh, for these brands, how do I help them with my copywriting? And to tell you the truth, I train a lot of sales folks. I train a lot of customer support agents. I write a lot of um, customer support scripts, like agent scripts. I write a lot of email communication, both outbound and inbound for clients. So knowing what to say at any given point, like in the entire marketing pipeline is a challenge, but I do have experience in all of these areas. So when you ask me like, what is something that you really want to talk about on the show? These were the immediate three or four things that came to mind because I've come across this, not dozens, probably hundreds of times yeah. with sales folks and in different positions. See, first one, I immediately jumped into this. Don't give the customer a chance to say no. Now, if we go into the next slide, what it really means is whenever you, so let's say you're a customer support agent or you're a sales, sales agent, you're an account executive, anyhow, you're calling the customer, right? Or you're sending a cold pitch and an email, it doesn't matter. You're doing outbound. Whenever you're giving them a chance to say no, there's a possibility that they're going to say no. And most basic example 
of giving your customer, your audience, the chance to say no is by asking a yes or no question. And this is the first thing I say to salespeople in my trainings and my copywriting workshops. Try to avoid yes and no questions as much as you can, unless it's a perfect yes. So the most basic example, like if you're talking to someone or if you're sending out an email to someone is you ask them about their availability. There's always a chance they're going to say no. Now, right there in a, right there at the very beginning, you're putting yourself in a very uncomfortable spot. Now, that this is not to say that you don't care about their time. This is to say that you should care about yours because you have a quota to fill. You need to be quick. You need to be effective and efficient. And the way to do it is just by flipping these questions on its head, on their head. So instead of asking, just approach them as a human being. Acknowledge the fact that they don't have time immediately. So one of the like templated examples that I use, that I that I give salespeople to use in their outbound messaging is, I know you're busy, so I'll make this quick. I promise. It's kind of like you're talking to a friend. Like, yeah. imagine, Jed, imagine you just got a very random call from a friend. Yeah. And they know you're in a meeting. So they will be very wary of your time. So yeah. the first thing they're going to say is, Jen, I know you're busy. I, I, I just need one minute from you. Hear me out. What are you going to do? Of course, you're going to hear them out because they approach you immediately with that sort of friendly demeanor. They know you don't have time. But if they ask you, hey, do you have a, you know, one, two minutes, especially if, like this is a condition now. Do you have two minutes? Do you have five minutes to chat? Do you have time for a 30-minute call? All of these are conditions you're immediately giving them at the very start. Yeah. Just got to remember, we're humans. We're all limited with time, responsibilities, and everything in our lives. So just remember, you're not just exchanging information with that other person. You're legitimately talking to a real person with emotions, with a real life. So manage those expectations and set the tone by building trust. And the way you build trust is by just having this friendly demeanor. So lead them into the sale by being friendly. Make them believe you instead of listen to you. Because the moment they start just listening to you and waiting for the sale, it's always going to be a no at the end. But this is just a very basic example. Hey, I know you're busy, so I'll make this quick. Promise. They just, they're just yeah. naturally listening. So that's number one. I always say this. Never give your audience a chance to say no unless it's an absolute yes. And number two, it's... It's sort of an extension of this. It's about making your audience think. So why is this no important? Because the second you give them a chance to say no, you're actually making them think. Now, what needs to happen is, again, you flip the script on this, on their thinking. So do the thinking for them. So whenever you're asking them about stuff or whenever you're doing sort of surveying or whenever you're trying to sell them a new service. So for example... I, I have a huge client who's in, in the telecom industry, telecommunications. They have like internet packages, data packages, whatever. So when we do these scripts and I like write those outbound scripts for sales agents, something I very consciously do is I try to avoid technical terminology, okay? Because... If you ask the person to think about what it actually means, like what is 100 megabytes per second? Yeah. Everyone has a different interpretation. Or even if you give them like a list of things that they need to answer you with. So for example, an example we have here is which of these 
are the most important to you when it comes to your home internet. Good signal, fast download speeds, fast upload speeds. At this point, you're already losing them in the conversation. Like you're leading them astray. You're leading him in a, in a direction that's unpredictable. But if you flip the script and answer all of this for them, essentially just tell them most, whatever, home internet user, you know, on-the-go data users, they're looking for better signal, faster download speeds, and a bump in upload. Again, managing expectations, you've already told them what they're expecting. This is their pain point. And then just flip it on its head immediately. Don't even ask them about which one of these is important. Because if you tell them that you've improved all of them, they're going to find that answer. They don't even need to think about what they need because you're giving them that one thing they need plus yeah. something else. So we just launched our brand new, whatever, StarNet plan that is better in all these areas. So for a lot of you know customers, the answer might have just been, Oh, I just need faster downloads. So you've just asked three questions, two of which were irrelevant. But 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 in the second example, you don't even ask the question. You immediately just jump in front of it and say, "We've improved all three for you." Yeah. So now you get one that you really need, and you get two as an upgrade. So what this does in the customer's mind is it makes it a no-brainer decision, right? So whenever you're talking value propositions, customer research is important. You yeah. will get these, like you will get these answers eventually. But just from a, from a, from a, from an outbound marketing perspective, if you're asking them which is important, and you know for you all three are important and all three are actually better, and they only care about one, then you're sort of lowering, you're devaluing your product in their minds just because you ask them, "Hey, do you want a burger, a fries, you know, you know, a portion of fries and, and some coke?" and they're like. Yeah, I'll just take a burger. But if you tell them, you'll get a burger, Coke, and fries, and they'll be like, oh, I love burgers. All the rest is just bonus. That's the that's the case here. Do the thinking for them. Don't make them even think about just choosing one thing or choosing something else. Tell them immediately because everything else will come across as an upgrade. So yeah. number number three, um, I know I, I'm, I know we're tight on time here. I really want to leave some time at the very end for, for some Q&A for, for everybody listening. So number three, why is this important? See, now we're sort of leaning in. So we, we've gone from friendliness to not allowing them to think, right? To like ba basically we lead the way and it's really led by clarity. So I've mentioned this, I've hinted at this example in, in slide two. So Whenever you're using words that the customer might interpret in their own way, you're doing yourself, your company, your brand a disservice. For example, if you tell someone you're going to get 100 megabits per second download speeds, like what does that even mean for that person? Doesn't matter if they're technically savvy or not at all. They're going to interpret it differently. Per person to person, everyone's going to have a different interpretation. Or you're going to get 10 gigs of data for on-demand movies. Again, for some people, 10 gigs might be like, oh, I can't do really anything with that. For some of them, they're like, ah, that's cool. But you want to be super clear about what this actually means. And I call this the comparison trap, right? It's kind of like when you, when you put pricing on a website and if instead of saying it costs 10 bucks to sign up, everyone understands the, the number 10 bucks differently. Like the 10 bucks value is different for everyone. For some people, it might be even too high to pay for something. Yeah. And for some people, it, it, it's just chump change. It, it means absolutely nothing. $10 is nothing. 
So by saying something along the lines of it costs less than a, you know, venti coffee at Starbucks, this is a real life example where they feel like they're wasting money. So the $10 all of a sudden, you know, has tremendous value. It's a, an immediate investment. The same thing goes for a technical talk. When you just hand out numbers that don't really mean anything and you allow the customer to think and interpret it for themselves, again, you're doing yourself a disservice. So what I tried to do is I tried to use the technical, but then provide these comparison traps, these real world examples that tell the person what this actually means. So for example, again, we flip it on its head. You're going to get 100 megabit per second speed for instant loading of YouTube videos plus high quality video calls because now they can visualize what 100 megabits per second actually means and it's not technical at all like everyone wants you know faster and instant loading of youtube videos no one wants that little circle loading in the middle and high quality video calls no one wants the pixelated mess right the second one you're going to get three gigabytes for 10 movies per week of your choice all of a sudden this sounds like tremendous value it's like i just saved money for 10 you know movie tickets and yeah. you can find and watch those in our on demand in your on demand library so there's this perfect explanation of a technical term because there's clarity there one might think that just saying you're going to get 100 megabits per second speed that that's specific yeah it is from a number standpoint but from a meaning standpoint it isn't you have to paint the picture as a sales agent, as a salesperson, as a marketing person, as a copywriter, whoever you are, if you're communicating with your audience, you can't rely on words to describe themselves. You have to describe every single thing for your audience. This is an example of how to do that effectively. This is actually an example of how to use features and benefits, technicality plus clarity at the same exact time. And this is something I actually teach people how to do, but this is a very, very good example of how you can combine the two, both the technicality of it and both the clarity and specificity of it. And number four is actually something I started to do on a whim, but it increased the effectiveness of every sales script I've ever written and these agents that I work with have ever used. When I see when I first started writing sales scripts, like agent scripts, like outbound, inbound, doesn't matter what it, I don't even remember what they were. Naturally, I started including fillers in the yeah. script, like those ums and ahs and the so now, like all of these sort of breaking patterns as you speak, I started including them in the scripts that I was delivering to these teams. And at first glance, everyone was like, why is this here? But then as they started reading them out loud, it made so much sense because now what you get is an entire team. Let's say you have a hundred sales agents and every single person is doing the job exactly right, exactly on brand. And everyone has, you know, this close efficiency. If the efficiency is super high, everyone's going to have it because the script works. This is just one example of what could be included, but these are what I call those human intangibles. See, if you just deliver a script without any of these fillers, typically an editor, copy editor, might take all of these out. Me having the luxury of being the copy editor as well, I kept all of these in every single time I delivered a sales script to my clients. And 
when you just have a sales script in front of you, you're just going to read it at your own tempo and you're going to fill in the blanks. You're going to do the, um, uh, so now at random moments, what I tried to do is I tried to plan them ahead. So you plan your breaks, you plan your fillers. And again, this is very specific to call scripts, the call agent scripts, the outbound yep. scripts, phone calls, you know, whatever. So this allows you to, you know, take breaks as you talk and it actually just becomes right. It's almost like training yourself how to speak properly as a salesperson. It allows you to breathe. It allows you to actually sound like a human being. And what it intrinsically does, like there's this very subconscious psychological effect to the person listening. They don't feel like you're reading to them. They feel like you're talking to them, which to me, again, goes back to the very first thing I said. Copywriting is the basics of communication. People don't want to be sold to. They want to be talked to. They want to be heard, seen, understood. And that's the first step to successful selling. Yeah. I I love those examples. Um, drop a one in the chat if you guys found those examples helpful. I think there's a couple things I want to touch on as well. And I know we got nine minutes so we can get into Q&A. But on that last one specifically, Jay, I think a big problem people have when it comes to writing sales scripts is they try to sound, make it perfect, right? They try to, it, it comes off as robotic. And like you said, people want exactly. to an actual human. And so I love that idea of like using filler words. We talked about in the beginning, um, never give your audience a chance to say no. Um, I'll share the results of who's in the room. There's a lot of SDRs and BDRs, AEs on this call. So a lot of people who are cold calling. I'm wondering if you guys do this. One of the biggest things that I like to use for my cold calling that applies Jay's strategy here is option closing. So when you're closing for the appointment, you're saying, hey, do you have time tomorrow or would Wednesday work better? And so there's no option for no. It's like this day or that day. And so using strategies like this in your calls, your emails is huge. So um, really appreciate you sharing those strategies. Um, those are great, Jay. Okay, I'll, I'll send you my invoice later. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Um, no, that's awesome. There's there's one other thing that you, you had mentioned as well before we kind of get into Q&A. And by the way, guys, if you have any questions, please drop them in the Q&A. Um, this is a really great opportunity to kind of pick the brain of somebody who's really an expert in copywriting, whatever it's for. But you mentioned something called the open loop approach, and I'm going to share my screen real quick. Um, can you talk to us a little bit about this this whole approach right here, the open loop approach? I could. We probably need a full hour or two or three to talk about this, but yeah, so I, I've written about this recently, and to me, it's the perfect sort of approach to write something that grabs attention, but also keeps attention. A, a big problem I see nowadays with copywriting and just writing social media content is a lot of people focused all of their attention on the hook. And I don't blame them because everywhere around the online world, what you'll see is focus on the hook. The hook is 90% of your copy. The hook is the most important part of your copy, right? The first line, the first, like the subject line. Yes, true. But if everything else falls apart, the hook doesn't even matter at that point because the hook yeah. has failed. Doesn't, it doesn't matter how much time you put into it. So what I like to do is the open loop approach. The open loop approach is essentially the open question approach. Now, what you do is whenever you're starting to write long form copy, now this doesn't matter if it's an email, doesn't matter if it's a LinkedIn post, doesn't matter what it is, as long as it's long, long form, a sales page, whatever. If you give away everything at the very beginning and you don't give your audience a reason to read further to the next line and the next line and the next line, what's the point of reading that? Like, how are you intriguing them? Now, what I like to do is I like to leave something that's open to interpretation, something that makes the readers say, 
huh, I want to read more about this. So I don't know if you've included like an example from the LinkedIn post that I've done recently for those of you who uh, like, okay, exactly. So what I've done here is these are essentially three hooks to the same exact post, like literally same exact post. I could have used either one of these, just one, just one line and deleted two, the remaining two. But what I've done is I've included all three because as you read from the top, from the first one to the second one to the third one, what you're having in your mind is constantly being intrigued more and more and more. See, the first one opens up a loop, a question in your mind. My secret copywriting hack for every LinkedIn post, the natural question is, huh, I want to read this. And then, ever heard of the open loop approach in writing? Second loop opens up. Like this is literally a second question. Huh, no, let me see. Imagine every line you write is a hook all by itself. Huh, this sounds interesting. You see, you're constantly peeling back your story one layer at a time. It's kind of like de-puzzling a puzzle, disassembling it, essentially. Uh, Taking out one piece at a time in order to reveal what's underneath. The open loop approach, the practice of writing like this is actually super effective for emails and also sales scripts even. Uh, more, more, for me, like the most effective use for them is for social media posts and for landing pages, for sales pages, just because longer form content, the purpose of it is not just to grab attention. The purpose is to keep attention and the open yeah. loop approach by constantly having a reason to read further and read further and read further. Everyone's going to keep reading till the end. But the fact is the reader doesn't even realize they're being led downstairs all the way to the bottom of your copy just because there's this positive reinforcement inside of them. It's kind of like write, reading a really good book where you just can't stop reading. Yeah. What's going to happen next? What's going to happen next? What's going to happen next? And then what really happens is all the way at the end of that chapter. That's the perfect example of an open loop approach. You give away pieces to the puzzle, but you only give out you know, the full story either somewhere in the middle, like it's okay to close one loop, like one of these questions somewhere in the middle, and then you proceed with the second one, close the second one somewhere in the middle, open up a third one, close it down there. As long as you keep restarting their attention and keep them reading all the way till the end, no one's going to notice. Like they're not going to be feeling like they're being sold to, they're being led astray, they're being deceived into something. The open loop approach is just this very psychological trick that gets people to read more. And all the way at the end, like they, when they get the full story, they're like, ah, this was awesome. They don't even feel like they've just read this 20, 20 line social media post. All they feel is entertainment. They feel valued they've, out of the information that they've gotten. And the most important thing, they don't feel tired after reading your post, which I have to say certain posts definitely make you, make you do feel that, you know? No, I so that's the open, open loop approach in a nutshell. It's the open question approach. Just open up these, you know, seeds of 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 like attention and intrigue in your readers' minds, and do it with every single line line you write. It's okay, close certain you know lines somewhere down the line, but every single time, keep them reading, keep them reading, keep them reading. That's the open loop. Approach. Hell yeah. No, it's awesome. I think you should definitely anybody listening. That's a perfect thing to apply to your cold emails, your sales scripts. Um, we're going to jump into Q&A with the last three minutes we have here. There's a really good one from Jeremy Mills. Uh, Jay, if you were just starting your journey again, where would you start? And can you uh, share some examples or two? Oh, you mean as a copywriter? Uh, just let's say 
maybe Jeremy, feel free to add more context to this, but just learning copywriting. How would you restart if you had to, you know, learn copywriting from from scratch? Okay, so for me, honestly, it would just be LinkedIn and YouTube, because I feel like nowadays the materials that we have on YouTube, not just regarding you know uh, copywriting, just marketing design, even in general, is just so abundant. I would start there. There's a lot of free courses, like two hour courses that are superbly good. I would start there, but in unison, I would you know follow a lot of really good LinkedIn creators who just share everything they know. Like to this day, I'm learning from other people. I said it in a recent event that I've done. Like I get jealous from some of the content that I read on LinkedIn from some of my you know peers and colleagues, just because I keep learning from them, and it's making me jealous that I didn't already know these things. So. A combination of YouTube and LinkedIn for sure. There's no way you don't learn and level up every single day. There's no yeah. way. Um, awesome. One more question from Isaac Anderson before we wrap it up. What do you recommend for effective subject line copy? I like, this is going to sound weird, but use an emoji at the very beginning of your subject line. I don't know who it was recently who did this study. Um, it was, uh, I don't know if it was Chase Diamond or someone like like a really big email yeah. person um, in my in my LinkedIn connections. They've done this whole study, and it turns out the emoji is actually the most effective part of a subject line. Of course, the subject line should be short, absolutely short. And I like to use intrigue in the form of either statements or questions. That's my only two styles of writing a effective uh, subject line. But using a using an emoji at the very beginning and especially if it's a sequence if you can tie in those emojis so that when people are looking at the entire sequence oh, sequence yeah. top to bottom the emojis tell a story in themselves so that's that's a pretty good strategy i've been actually you know using it recently and it works using an emoji at the very beginning works and you know adding intrigue and asking a question in the subject line really works but but it has to be like up to six or seven words nothing nothing longer than that for sure no, that's a great example. We're at time now, Jay. Uh, where can people go to find you and kind of learn more? Again, I please go follow Jay if you want to learn more about copyright. He's got great stuff, but where can people connect with you? Thank you. Thank you for the compliment. I really appreciate it. So anyone who wants to follow me, I post almost every single day. I'm, I'm active every single day on LinkedIn. You can follow me on LinkedIn. And you can also go to my website where I have a bunch of other materials. It's heyj.com. That will be hey-j.com. So LinkedIn and heyj and I look forward to hearing from more people. So thank you. Yeah. Appreciate it, everyone. Um, just to recap, we talked about why copywriting is important in sales. Jay had some awesome examples. Uh, you'll get the recording after this. So definitely go through. I hope you guys took some notes. Um, uh, we'll be here again tomorrow for the Sell Better Daily Show. Have a good uh, have a good Monday. And Jay, thanks for the time. Oh, I, it was my pleasure, honestly. And thanks to everyone joining. Absolutely. See you later, everyone.